Alright, alright, quieten down now. Live from the Britain Yankee Pub Studios. Another Britain Yankee Craft Beer Pubcast. I can hear the pints being pulled right now. Not a while, dude. Bring the drums in. Let's have a party. Pump up the bitter. Shh, test it. Pump up the bitter. Pump up the bitter. Take it away, lad. You are paying for that beer, aren't you? Pump up the bitter. Pump up the bitter. Hello, welcome everybody to yet another Britain Yankee Craft Beer Podcast. This is podcast number 362. We're titling this one Big Thorn Farm and Brewery, The Great Outdoors. And why is that? Because when you go down there, you are just outdoors all the time. We'll get into that in just a second. With me, I'm very happy to say the band is back together again. Uh, We have my two co-hosts. One who is a little more frequent than the other, but I'm glad to say that we do have <laughs> the non-frequent flyer. <laughs> that would be me. So, welcome from Hot Vine Brewing, and he's wearing his Hot Vine Brewing t-shirt, even though he can't see it. We're only doing audio this time around. It's yeah. Mr. Ken McMullen. Buenos dias. Buenos dias, uh, senorita. No, no, senor. No, senorita yeah. is... Senor. <laughs> You're a senior two ways. Senior two ways. Que pasa, amigo? And then, and then uh, oh. that you heard mm. some dulcet tones there in the oh, background yes. from in the Church background. Street Brewing, Mr. Chuck Fort. Hello, hello, hello. Oh my God, he blew the wires there. Hello, hello. <laughs> just sit, <laughs> just sit back, relax. Oh, I can hear you fine. There hello? we go. You don't uh, have to get close into that microphone. You could mention Chuck's in his. Church Street shirt and Church Street hat. Yeah. Yes, and Church Street shorts as well. I, I am think. all grubby. But, um, you know, he's he's got skinny legs and I'm the shorts are like day, sticking up. So yeah, hopefully we don't looks catch like you've sight been of crawling around What's underwater. Yours? I was crawling around. Yeah. <laughs> you came straight from work, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I should yes. mention that we are sitting on the Britain Yankee pub deck, enjoying this wonderful weather. I don't know if it's wonderful or not. It's been bloody hot during the day. It's <laughs> pretty nice right now. Yeah. It is. I'm glad to say that the sun has gone over the house. We're in the shade. It's cooled down a little bit. We're kind of comfortable. So, today, it's going to be Big Thorn. Big Thorn Brewery down in Georgetown, Illinois. Now, Ken, you and I went down there about a year ago. I couldn't believe how long ago it was. Um, and we visited with uh, Anna and Aaron, Aaron Schweig and Aaron Young, who are the co-owners, partners, and all-around fantastic people who are down at uh, the uh, Big Thorn Brewery. It's an open-air brewery, and we had a lot of fun down there, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, that, that place, I think I said it then, and I still say this, it, it's, it's possibly... It's probably the most unique place to have a beer in Illinois, and definitely one of the top couple places to sit and drink a beer in a in a in a bar. 
which and, is a and forest. And it's the Treehouse Bar. You're talking about the forest. The Treehouse Bar. Now, Chuck, you haven't been down there. I've been encouraging you to take a trip down there. I know how much you don't like driving. <laughs> it is three hours south of the pub here, um, but it's well worth going down there. Um, fantastic treehouse mm. bar, which is raised up off the ground and in the trees. It's not exactly around a tree or anything. They've used trees to build it. Mm -hmm. And that is just one of the most fantastic places that you can sit and have a beer that you could ever do anywhere in Illinois. I, I will say it's second to none. Agree. Okay. All right. So I went down there with the good lady wife, the lovely Kimberly, and a friend of ours, Pam, who enjoys craft beer, is follower of the uh, podcast. And we had a great time down there. And I brought back, of course, every single bottle that they could possibly provide me with, plus a howler of our first beer, because, you know, we always have to have samples here on the podcast, even though Anna and Aaron aren't here. Uh, we'll talk about what's changed down there a little bit. But this is um, a very interesting beer. Have you had a rice beer? No. Oh, I don't think so. You must have had a Budweiser. Well, <laughs> I know, rice, but I mean, yeah. that's a that's an adjunct, I suppose. You can yeah. use that. Or so this is uh, a beer that's called Fight for the Rice. I'm going to pass that round. I've got a howler of it. They don't put this into bottles. It's just available on tap. Now this was my opening beer when I was down there, and I said, "Oh, a rice beer," but it's got peach in it. And it's called Fight for the Rice. It's 5%. And you guys go ahead and tell me what you think about it. Well, looking at it, it's very pale golden. It is cloudy. Uh, hazy, maybe. Yeah. You see, I got nice effervescence coming off the bottom, bubbles coming off of it. Do you get any of mm. the peach in it? Oh, yeah. I don't get too much in the aroma. Um. It's kind of tart for a peach. It's like a. It's oh, not really tart, yes. but it's kind of. Yeah. Yeah, this was almost considered to be a sour. Now, you guys, I know Ken, you've had Katie from Second Shift. Yeah. And that was one of the first beers that I thought tasted very wine like yeah. in, its, in its body and its tastes and its aromas and everything. What do you think on this one? Uh, you know, I, I know where you're going with that. Like, kind of like white wine-like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. It's a little acidic. Yeah, I wonder if they added some lactic acid or something, or maybe they maybe it's a sour blended or something, or no, or no. Um, as far as I know, if I know Aaron, he hasn't added anything to it other than yeah. rice just curious. peach. Because it's got a little tartness to it, but I don't know if that just comes from the peach they added, you think, or... Well, I, oh, he also did this, he he puts a little bit of wood from the farm. Okay. In every single beer, right? Is it in he this one? He does. Now I don't know if he put any in this one. I'll have to consult my uh, notes. But I wonder here. if it got some some wild things in there to. Give it <laughs> yeah, a there, there's got to be some wild things in there. <laughs> well, I don't know. There's. It sounds like it just seems like there's something else other than peach, but it could just be the beer. Yeah. That's not. It's delicious. Oh, it's really good. I'm just trying to figure out. 
Their breweries. A lot of time when you add like something like peach or like a peach puree, or I don't know what they added, it'll make it kind of sweet, you know. So he must have done. He did something to balance it out. I don't know what. No, that's really peachy. I mean, the more that I drink it, the more. But it's not cloyingly like sweet or anything. It's I. I don't think the peach really is prominent in this, and the fact that it's made with rice gives it such a different back taste but is it all rice or is it rice barley it's like a combination of rice and barley or is it all rice i think it's all rice okay well that would explain the lack of sweetness from the because you wouldn't get any sweetness from the Mm. actual beer itself then really clean finish yeah. yeah. So as a starter beer, you know, if you go there and you face with, uh, you know, they've got about, I think about 12 different brews on tap. Um, if you go there, this is the perfect beer to start with. Yeah. And, you know, I was I was a little cautious on it because I didn't, you know, well, not, not so keen on rice beers. I mean, you know, I just had Budweiser, that's all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, um, you know, well, that may this, not be truly a rice beer. I mean, it's beer they use rice as an adjunct, but if, if this is all rice, there you go. He's got to add, he's got to throw some enzymes in there. But, well, when we went down there, Ken, you know, the, uh, Aaron has this fantastic fermentation room where he, he's made his own brewery, which mm-hmm. is kind of like really small. Um, I can't remember what the size was, but I think it was something like couldn't have been bigger than it's five, like five or seven yeah. barrels. Yeah. And then his fermentation room is a berm, which if nobody knows what a berm is, that's built into the side of soil, right? Yeah, so it's, it's like a mound of dirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they're using natural earth as their well, they're, cooling. They're, at least when we were there last year, they, they are fully off-grid yep. with most of their power coming from solar panels. Uh, oh. They have one little wind turbine that she, I think Anna said it's enough to like power, charge up her laptop overnight. Right. You know? Well, n- now that that uh, their their son Max is uh, I think seven, and so they've got him on a, a treadmill, don- a donkey world treadmill. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they got him going there. He's going good. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, fantastic. And then he takes all these pieces of different wood that he's got in his lot, big seventeen acre lot they have. Is that called a lot down there, or is that more a... That's why they call it a farm, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) A plot. There we go. (laughs) It's in the middle of nowhere. You come across, it's it's fantastic. you got to watch out for the deer running across the road when you're driving. And the turkey. They have a a pet turkey who has apparently uh, decided that he likes living there with them. So we we were standing way back, and there was this turkey walking. (laughs) So, anyway... Um, very nice light starter beer. This is, a, I yeah. think, a great beer for uh, summer. For sure. Oh, yeah. um, and uh, I wish they would put this in. I, they don't can. They only bottle. We have lots of bottles. And, in fact, you guys have chosen a beer each from my vast selection of beers that I brought back. Um, mm-hmm. But I've chosen the first one and the last one. We're going to do four beers. So, this is a good start, do you think? Yes. Yes. I am very happy. All right. Yeah. So, here we are, relaxing on the deck. In, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what the temperature is now, but it's 
going down to probably 80. 85 maybe 83 85 yeah okay there we go on Could the new be. I don't know. yankee deck Ken probably knows over. he's looking no, what temperature just checking the time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, now you have to go and do beer school tonight, don't you? I'm teaching beer school, yep. Where who are you teaching? This would be the front of house staff at Hopvine. Ah, right, okay. So are you not open? We are open. Um we close at eight though, so I'm going back to ah. teach them after we close. And you know, there's a chance that it's early in the week. It could be slow. We could start early, so that's why I'm trying to get back there. Gotcha. <laughs> okay, well, Quickly. we'll keep you on track now. What are you going to teach them in beer school? Um, you know, we, we've we've only had a couple employees until recently, so I'm doing a basic beer school for the, the new employees. I'm going to teach them how to make beer and walk them through the brewery. We're going to taste through some of the recent hop fine beers, and I'm also going to... In the past, I've told them what beers would pair well with dishes from the chef, but instead, I'm teaching them how to pair beers with food so that we don't have a scripted, this beer goes with that dish. It's more the server engaging in conversation with guests and talking about, you know, different options. There's not only one beer that pairs with the dish. There's several that can work and and work in different ways you know Com- you so know. i'll put you on the spot what would pair well with the uh, fight is, for the rice this is light this i would put in i would put this up with a salad like a nice uh yeah. spring salad with like berries and nuts and uh wait a minute a you don't put fruit, fruit with your greens or you a, a seafood and, dish maybe seafood right yeah a what a seafood dish of some type oh there you go yeah that would be good a shrimp or something, something light yeah. like that. Yeah, or some yep. very lobster. nice, sir. Mm, maybe maybe some, shrimp tacos. Some crab there. legs, maybe. Mm. Crab legs. Okay, <laughs> I had crab legs once, but the doctor cured me of that. And with that, we'll take a break. <laughs> Second beer, um, I asked you guys to choose one of the bottles from the plethora of bottles that I have brought back. And this is Chuck's Choice. Chuck's Choice. Yep. <laughs> and this is Screw It. Yes. And I think it's probably a comment that he was, you know, he didn't know what to get, so he said, Screw it, I'll have this one. This is actually a Grew It, but uh, they didn't know how to name it, so he said, Just call it Screw It. It's an unhopped ale with sage tart cherries and aged on hand harvested oak now hmm. ken you've been down there and you know how aaron does this he jars the wood and then does what do you, do you remember he puts it into the fermenter i believe after fermentation right that's right and so it imparts a very mild <coughs> flavor of the, of the wood into the beer <laughs> and this one is on hot so you know that's what a brew it is right yes old school if, if chuck hadn't picked screw it i would have picked screw it. <laughs> yeah. can i have cool. some of that mm-hmm. sir i got oh, yeah, I, yeah, so I got mine so chuck has got his, i got mine oh, there I'm we go sorry. 
get it. Why are we sitting so far apart? Uh, we're not sitting that far apart. I think social distancing completely ends on Saturday, right? So this beer pours out kind of like a light. It's like a hazy amber color. Yeah, it's almost like a dark pale. Is that possible? Yeah, I think it is. A dark pale. Yeah. Dark pale. Yes. It's like a and, amber. Uh, it's amber. I'm really intrigued to find out what you think of it, John. So come on, you. you well, I, the I'm interested in it because, uh, you know, they're not using hops. So we're talking old school before, before hops were ever like used in beer. So, um, it might give you a little bit of an idea of what people were drinking back in. The 1300s and 1200s and whatnot before hops were used. Well, yeah, first hops first started coming around in the around the 15, 14, 1500s. So before that, uh, everybody had their uh, own way of bittering. And this is you have to bitter it somehow. This has been bittered, and so uh, just not using hops. You know, it's it's funny you say that, but I've been getting into foraging this spring, and it's amazing how so many of the wild edibles are bitter. And yeah. just, I just see that there's a t there's a ton of different things around the world that you can oh, yeah. bitter a beer with, you know. In the aroma, I'm getting the cherry. There's berries, but there's a and and then there's also like a some sort of a caramelly note, not big, but it's there in the nose. I bet that's don't know what that is. And then, you know, the sage, I think is just in the background. I haven't quite had two or three sips like the northern. Yeah, well, sage isn't a super huge flavor anyway, so. When you stuff your turkey with it, it is. Yeah, I mean, we grow sage in the backyard, and it's it is good, but it's not like it's not like basil or something. It just blows you away. You I know? also don't think you know for a beer to be good that you you have to taste everything that they put into it, put on the label. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like it's like when you make chili, and everything melds together, and it. You know, in a couple days, it's like delicious, and maybe you don't taste everything you put right. in there. Right, and if you taste it, then it might mean you put too much in. You know, you should a lot of stuff you put in, and it's just because you're trying to accomplish something, and you don't want someone to go, "Oh, sage," you know. <laughs> if you if you taste, oh yeah, yeah, I think it's balanced very well. The, you know, it's. I mean, that's probably the most challenging part is to balance it when you're not using hops. Well, how how much do you? What, how much do you use to bitter it and get it balanced right? I think the tart, the tart cherries are the feature of this definitely, and and yeah. kind of stand out. Yeah. 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 I don't know if there's like a caramel note. It might be the cherries. Maybe there's like a darker cherry or something that's got kind of a sweetness to oh, it. It's a pretty dark. I mean, this is a pretty dark beer. It, you think it's got any roast, any caramel malt in there? Or I don't know. It doesn't taste caramely, but it, who knows? Um, if, it, if it's got anything dark in it, it's probably from the uh, from the oak. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The charred oak. It doesn't have a big head, so it's almost kind of. No, but you can hear the, the noise in the red from blackbird who's landed on the uh, bird buffet. Trying to scare everybody away from yeah. the food. Yeah. But I think that a lot of times when you some of these things that you add to the beer uh, can sort of kill the head a little bit. A lot of the fruits and stuff tend to, or acidic, it, it tends to kill the head a little bit. It's still, when you swirl it, you still get, you can still get a little bit back around the edge of the glass, but. I think there's a time for a big 
or um, I shouldn't say a big head, although you know, if you're going and having a half a bison or something like that, you like to have a nice head to drink. Yeah, yeah. But there's also a time for no head. A lot of the f- beers that have fruit added to them or other things, it, certain things you can add that tend to kill the head. There's yeah. nothing you can do about it, so really. Earlier on, we were talking, and Ken, you actually brought up the topic of the fact that there were now different classes of breweries, and it's something to do with this beer act. Now, they created it. Well, I don't know everything that's in the beer act, but I know that, like, being able to do uh, like curbside and and beer deliveries and even I think even cocktail deliveries for like bars and restaurants is still legal. That was something that they gave everybody to help help get places through COVID, mm-hmm. through the pandemic, and so yeah. the Beer Act kind of made that. I I think the sunset they call it the sunset date. I think it's like 2022 or something like that, or 2023. I don't know. But when they also created a new class of brewery, a class three brewer's license that mimics a brew pub license. And the one difference is that you can distribute up to 200, you can self distribute up to 200 barrels of your beer. Oh, that's quite Now, cool. so for Hop Vine, that's a huge thing. Yeah. I have been talking to a distributor and I'm putting him on hold because. I don't need them now. I'm not going to distribute more than 200 barrels. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, it's a it's a fantastic thing. Now, is there any differences to Church Street because you are a slightly bigger undertaking in production brewery? You do brewing hmm. not only for your own beers but for other people. It's helpful for us, but I mean, what helped us get through COVID was our we had a lot of distribution uh, in other states. And so when our taproom kind of died, um, we had something else going on, which, uh, which really helped us um, get through uh, the tough times. And now that, um, now that we're kind of through that, we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Now the taproom's picking up again. And we've got all the distribution, and it's picking up. So, um, But I think that helped us out a lot. And uh, I think anybody that was doing a lot of canning and, and just uh, selling th- um, oh, some people were selling over the internet yeah and, and using making good use of social media did better uh, anybody that was just pretty much tap room only was probably struggling a little more but I mean as far as the distribution goes it's self distribution is great for us too but it's not as big of a game changer big of a game changer as it would be probably for some other people right because you had a distributor anyway right yeah yeah the the distributors generally aren't interested in brew pubs because there's such a limited amount of production you know limited amount of beer they're going to be able to distribute for a brew pub most brew pubs capacity is you know less than two thousand barrels a year so you know you're not talking about a big you know, right. a big impact to a distributor by picking up a brew pub. So we've we've just we've struck out with the distributors we've used, and uh, they've been ineffective. And the bigger ones aren't interested in us. So th- this is a blessing. It's do it yourself. 
we're going to do it yeah. ourselves and we're we're not looking to take over chicagoland we're looking to like serve some beer at some cool beer joints in our neighborhood you know come and come and right so just beer. cruise around with a van right and just drop off some six tools or whatever right a yeah. van or something yeah. Whatever can haul beer. Ken's in. truck. <laughs> nope. Nope. We got to get a beer truck. There you go. We got to get a van. A get a beer truck. Yeah. I want a beer pickup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, this is um, a fantastic beer, I think, that uh, anybody would enjoy. Yeah. In fact, this is, I was going to say, it's a low, all their beers are kind of low alcohol. I'm looking here to see what I can find on it. Thank here. God. You can actually drink them. Yeah, you can actually drink them. Yeah, 100%. Uh, 5%, sorry. Yay. Inside there, 5%. Yeah. And that's perfect. You, you know, they only do bombers. Now, they used to do, speaking of distribution, they used to self-distribute up to Binnis here in the Chicagoland area. But um, it was not really effective for them because they'd have to drive three hours and there wasn't enough that they could bring up. Oh. So basically now... They just distribute to a couple of um, locations down in the Georgetown area, and that's it. Otherwise, you get this beer at Big Thorn, and it's definitely worth a visit down there. Definitely worth a three-hour drive, chill out for four or five hours, and then drive back. Those are some heavy-duty bottles, too. I mean, boy. These these are like wine bottles, champagne bottles, and I was looking for the volume. This is one pint nine fluid ounces, so that's twenty-five ounces. Oh, twenty-five ounces. So I think this uh, seven fifty is what it really is, right? Yeah, it looks kind of like it. And I gotta tell you, the, the all the bar staff there are absolutely fantastic, uh, friendly. Mm-hmm. You can start a conversation with any of them. It's it's really downstate um, friendly folks. All right, that's where so. I'm from, Phil. Yeah, yeah, you're an Urbana man, aren't Downstate? you? No, I grew up in Bloomington. Oh, Illinois. Bloomington, okay. That's central Isn't that Illinois. close? That's pretty close. Yeah, that's pretty close. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bloomington, huh? That's the home of... Uh, State Farm. State Farm, and uh, <laughs> isn't it Country Insurance down there? Uh, country Companies yep. is down there, yeah. And yeah, now right. I think they're called The Country. Used to be the, Country Companies. Oh, The Country, okay. You have to be careful how you say that. Yeah. Excuse I think me. the biggest employer down there... It, it was State Farm. It might still be, and then it's Illinois State, and then Diamond Star was the plant that they built in the like in the eighties. Illinois State University. That was Mitsubishi, wasn't it? At Mitsubishi and Chrysler. But, <clears throat> I think I think that's been taken over now. I seem to remember that it's been taken over by a company who is producing all electric SUVs, and I wish I could remember the name of them, hmm. but they are featured in uh, an apple tv series called the long way up which is ewan mcgregor obi-wan kenobi part you know number two um and his friend who drive electric bikes they ride electric bikes all the way up from the end of south america tierra de fuego all the way up back up through South America in back into Los Angeles on electric bikes, Harley Davidson bikes, hmm. and it's hmm. a really fascinating series. Um, but there was a connection. What was my original connection <laughs> to the plant? Mm. Oh, to the plant. Yeah. So the the crew that followed them and the production crew 
they had this SUV that was made specifically for this series and it's going to be a production SUV that's all electric and I wish I could remember what the hell the name they're is. They're making that in normal? And so they're going to be, cool. yeah, that one of the plants, there's plants across the country but they've taken over that plant. I'll find out in the next part when we come to Ken's choice of beers out of my selection and I think he's chosen a good one but there's a question about it a spelling question and we'll have to find out from Anna and Aaron whether or not it's a, a typo or intended we'll be back in a minute cheers boys <laughs> cheers. cheers clank Ooh. wow that was a big clank that was nice yeah, I like your clank I like the size of your clank there Ken <laughs> I'm very proud of my clank Beer number three that we have is um, Mr. Ken's choice. Mr. Ken has gone for the light blue label that says oats, exclamation point, number three. Ale brewed with raspberries, and there is no P between the S and the B. And yet, in the details on how I talk about it, it says brewed with raspberries, spelled correctly. So I'm going to have to... Pull you up, guys, down at Big Thorn, and take off a point for having a spelling error. <laughs> so, anyway. <clears throat> oh, me. you know they did that intentionally. Come on now. Uh, yeah, yes. right. Just for us, they did it intentionally. Yeah. No, I think that's what happened was nobody spotted it. That's the problem. They need me as their, uh, what are they called? I bet there's a story behind it. No, Spell what's checker, the guy who uh, checks Proofreader. Proofreader, thank you. Yeah, I did proofreading for a technical um, journal way yeah. back. And so I never understood a word of what they were writing, but at least I could see grammatical errors. But the only person that needs to know how to spell now is the person that writes the spell checker. So only, well, we only need one person in the world that knows how to spell, yeah. right? <laughs> spell checker. Well, he writes the spell checker, and oh, everybody else uses the it. Checker. The okay. person that writes the spell checker. Yeah, but I'm sorry, but a spell checker does not always catch everything. No, oh, and it changes a lot of things. Well, it All does right. sometimes. But it shouldn't change. All right, so there we go, Ken. You've got the bottle. You can pour yours. Now, this pours out <coughs> with a nice, light, white head. And uh, that suggests to me something kind of like a raspberry sour or something like that. Uh, aroma? You getting a good aroma effect? Yeah. Oh lots yeah. Of, lots of raspberries. Lots of tartness. Now it's called oats number three, and I'm going to assume hmm. that they've added oats. And I think it says on the side of the bottle they added oats, and that's for mouthfeel, right? Because prior to Ooh. us recording here, we were um, taste testing your chasing the sun, which is a uh, oat. Saison, right? Oatmeal Saison. Oatmeal Saison. And you add oatmeal for mouthfeel, right? Yeah. It adds like a... It makes it kind of creamy. Kind of a wholesome wholesome texture, and you get a little haze from it, too. So. Yeah. yeah. Softens yeah. the mouthfeel yeah. a bit. Yeah. So um, this one definitely has poured out with a raspberry-looking uh, 
color to it. Um, and it smells that way too. I think it's 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 advertising exactly what it is in the look. Let's see how it is with the uh, the aroma. We've got a mild raspberry. Yeah, and the head holds up fairly well. And when you when you swirl it around, you get some get a little uh, some legs on the side of the glass, which is nice. Oh my goodness! Fresh raspberries. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Or raspberries. Yes. <laughs> is it raz or raspberry? No p. <laughs> oh, no b. Man, this no almost tastes like there's a uh, raspberry <laughs> drink. <laughs> oh yes. It's it's, it's so very good. mild and delicate. This is really good. Yeah, very tasty. <clears throat> tart, slightly tart, right? Yeah, I mean it's, it it. Uh, it's not. It's the opposite of thick and sweet. Is it's it's it, it'll it cuts through. If you had anything to eat that was kind of sweet, it would cut right through it. It goes down nicely, and there's there's no the aftertaste. Uh, you want some more. I mean, it sort of beckons you for a little yeah, more. Makes you want to dive yeah. back in. Yeah. Yeah. This is even more summer drinking than I think the. Uh, Rice peach was earlier on. Yeah, this is. Um, really yeah, this one's pretty good. What yeah. was the name of that uh, car you were looking up? Oh yes, I remembered <laughs> it. In the br thank you very much, Ken, for bringing me back there. <laughs> the car maker, Rivian. Hang on, <laughs> it's yeah, down in yeah. yeah, it is Rivian. R I V I A N. Rivian SUV. That is all electric, and they're bringing it out, and uh, it has stood the test of driving from the base of South America back up to LA. So it did good. Yeah. Now, one of the features of this car is that if you run out of electricity, you can hook it up to a truck or another car, something that can tow it and it will recharge as you tow. So about a 15 to 20 minute tow, tow will give you, some. give you enough charge in order to move on to hopefully the next point, the next electricity point along the way. Wow, that's pretty cool. Which I think is, is pretty awesome. And it's- it, Or if it was just all downhill, you could just like do that. Exactly. Well, <laughs> here's what they found on this. On, so on this thing, they found that in the hotter weather, it didn't do so good in the cooler weather the batteries lasted longer mm. also if you're going exactly as you say if you're on an incline you use more electricity but yeah. if you're coming down you use less so yeah. you know i think there's a t uh, a place for these bikes and who knows you know as time goes on we're going to have more and more ele electric vehicles in fact in the uk they have um, declared that they're going to have all electric vehicles or at least hybrids, I think, uh, in five years, six years, I forget what it is, something. Wow. Uh, they've declared that here's our goal. Nice. Okay. Which is good. Fine by so. me. So what else can we talk about, boys? Well, well supping up our beers here. Uh, it's been kind of about, a laid back deck. What about the little things in the bottom of your glass? Oh, the little things in the bottom of my glass. Okay, so I am drinking out of an official... Big Thorn Farm uh, snifter. 
and at the bottom of it it has kind of a swirly it's an etching design it, well it's not really an etching it's it's like nodules that stick up in a oh, kind of okay. a swirly thing so basically when you swirl it around you get little um extra action in the carbonation now you i think you said that was called something uh it's <laughs> it's nucleation sites I, I figured you were talking about some etchings because like fat tire makes glasses with the little bicycle etched in the oh. bottom and it does the same thing and creates bubbles well mine's filled with oats number three at the moment so when i've emptied it i'll let you see what's in there but it's kind of like a little swirly something in the bottom of it well you can see it from the outside if you hold it up high you can see all the swirls oh there we go how's that yeah you can see it see this is really good radio. Neat. It's Ken yeah. looking at the bottom of my glass. <laughs> Ken like looking at my bottom. Mm. Nice swirls, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and that, I think, adds just a little extra something as you swirl it around. But I really like this guy. See, look, as I swirl it around, I've now got a little extra head coming on there. It's beautiful. So it's do fantastic. I. Yeah, it really is. Well. So, Ken, you as we sit on the deck, are intrigued with my bird buffet. Yes. It's How many different birds have you seen already? <laughs> Lots of red-winged blackbirds. Yeah, right. Red-winged blackbirds, blue jays, sparrows, and whatever that thing is with the dark... Oh, that is oh, a wow. uh, white-breasted nuthatch. Okay, one of those things. Now, in the winter, we get uh, rose-breasted or chestnut-breasted chestnut nuthatches. They're just slightly smaller little cuter and they've got little chestnut colored breasts well, these we guys are really cool because they run on up up and down the uh the trees he was hanging upside down there yeah what's yeah, they're that pretty on agile. the right side looks like i can't see it from here no it's this the food oh oh in the cages it's like sunflowers or something oh that's peanuts oh peanuts no on the right Oh, it's suet. Uh, suet. Oh, that's suet. Yeah. Okay. It's woodpecker suet. So here, because we've got a lot of trees around the uh, pub garden. Um, oh, there's a chickadee. My little chickadee. A black-capped chickadee? Black-capped chickadee. There oh. he is. Thank you. Well done. Yeah. yeah. Oh, very good. Oh, there, Chuck. Chuck. Yeah, <laughs> no, we, we, we have an awful lot of woodpeckers in this area. Uh, red-bellied, downy, um, and then hairy woodpeckers. And they really like the suet. What are the uh, orange and red balls? Are these just lights or what? The orange and red balls? My goodness me, I'll pull my pants off. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not those ones. No, those are those are lights <laughs> hanging in there. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe just food or something. Yeah, no. <laughs> Nothing like that. So mm. it's, it's a nature um, extravaganza back here. It really is. It's pretty, it's pretty relaxing. Yeah. Little bubbling Ken, you came, you came foraging here. I did, and actually, we're out of uh, garlic mustard. I'm wondering if I can gather a little well, garlic mustard. There's a few. I think they've gone to seed a bit, so I don't know if they're as tasty. Is that ruined when they go to seed? I read that the the leaves towards the top of them, when they're as much as three meters high, are tender and delicious, and they're big enough that you can actually use them as a wrap for like a. Wow, like rice sandwich or, you know, like a well, chicken salad. There's plenty of them in there. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go get my foraging knife. 
I'll get Ken to do my weeding chop. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch out for that poison ivy, though, man. I got, uh, we don't. I got my po- jorts on. Today. We don't have any poison ivy. We're okay. Really? No, I've been declared poison ivy free. Uh. <laughs> and with that, I think we're going. Looks to, like uh, poison ivy right there. What? Where? See That's those not, ferns? It's just, a fern. No, just. Just underneath the ferns, what are those five leaves? Oh, it's things? three leaves for poison ivy. Okay. It's poison ivy is like a guy doing this. You know, the third leaf is his body, and then the other two leaves are his head. So it's just three leaves? Okay. Yeah, let's yep. have five. Yep. Gone. I don't know. All right. I think we're I know there's up like on oats number three and birds. Oh, yeah. Delicious. But there's like a Excellent million kinds of. Yeah, so we'll we'll come back with the crowning glory that we're going to be tasting, and this is the bottle that I think it's their first bourbon stout that they produced, and they produced it oh, yeah? for Father's Day. Hence, this is our Father's Day special. Great. Final beer, and to finish up our uh, Father's Day special, is one that uh, came courtesy of Anna. She said, "Here, here's an advanced copy of Dad's Bourbon Stout." Now, this is going to be released on Father's Day weekend. Um, I would advise anybody who is looking for something different to do for Dad to head down to Big Thorn because they have a most amazing Father's Day brunch that they're going to have, uh, including, I think, chocolate, bacon, something or other, um, as, as one of the starters. Chocolate bacon just got me. I know that was good. Oh, man. Um, they have a really good chef down there, fantastic food. Um, we were down there having um, smoked pork with an apple, uh, I think it was an apple sauce or something on it, but it was like apples and grapes and things. Fantastic. It's like a grilled cheese sandwich as how it comes and it's absolutely fantastic the tacos are great and uh they're really really um big tacos that you get so i would recommend anybody going down there for a a different father's day brunch that said i have dad's bourbon stout now i don't know if these guys have ever done a bourbon stout before but this one is uh aged on hand harvested oak stout ale a big dark malty stout brewed in celebration of dads everywhere aged on freshly charred bourbon soaked oak logs from our woods this beer has notes of chocolate coffee and toasted wood cheers to dad and this is our highest abv at 10 percent. so how do you like bourbon stouts no uh, well uh You've done a few, haven't you? Yes, I have. And uh, oh, that pours out lovely. Here I'm, we go, Ken. I'm using a great deal of, of restraint as I'm listening to you talk and watching you guys pour beer. <laughs> <laughs> this is anticipating like a, the color as you're pouring. It's like I I know Phil loves the ter- the color mahogany, but that is what this is. Yeah, and it, it's, yeah. it's not intensely dark. It's not completely um, black. Yeah. It, it's, but it's very 
Yeah, it's um. See, you're not you're not pouring it with a, a bloop bloop like I did. Yeah, give me the bowl. Uh, it's like, uh, and go. I don't need to fill up my glass entirely. I've got my snifter halfway full, so okay. I can swirl it. <laughs> you yeah, know, this is this is um the highest ABV beer that I think <sighs> I've ever had from uh, these guys because usually they're like in the five or less or potentially you know more six seven about the maximum yeah aroma so we've we've taught this this definitely has settled down to be as it poured yeah. it didn't look that dark but as you look at it you can't see through it yeah you get a, you get a, a, a very mild sort of dark caramel uh, sweetness just on the nose um i get, I get roast, roast yeah malt. yep yeah there's some roast in there too it's got a almost it's really nice man it's really delicious. It's all, in the aroma i'm almost getting like a mm. slightly tart cherry smell yeah you get dark fruit i mean yeah, from this yeah. thing because uh, i'm i'm relating it back to the screw it <laughs> it's so, not tart in flavor at all though it's creamy and no it's no, it's no tartness chocolate mm. so this is very mild on the bourbon side which i really like yeah, I mean the the it's bourbon there. is very mild. It's very. It's what? There's what like it's again? very mild. The bourbon is is I mean it's not even. That's like way back. Yeah, way the back. spirit character is is. You get like the elements of bourbon, not like a full blown bourbon yeah. flavor in this. It's as, really as nice. you kind of go. After you swallowed it, you know, kind of, you get more of it coming yeah. through. There's yeah. a lot of dryness on my tongue. Yeah, so when it's a little bit dry, yeah, the the malt character comes through more. It's not too dry. Like if it's too dry, the malt character becomes annoying. But no, this this is just this is very nice. This is a very unusual bourbon stout. I like it's it. Not following the rules of most of them. Well, wacky with the alcohol. You wacky with the bourbon. You you get more of a feel for it. If you have to have a drinking session with it because your your first taste might be you love it or whatever, but it's not till you have an actual sit down session with it because then does it build does the sweetness build up on your palate or does it not? I mean, how does it? And I, the feeling I'm getting is that it, the sweetness isn't going to build up. I think it's I think it's uh, going to do pretty well. I think it's going to be balanced very nicely. Now, I, I would like to know whether or not he put this into a bourbon barrel, but it doesn't sound like he did because from the information mm. on the bottle, he bourbon soaked yeah. pieces of wood and then added I that would, in. I would say you're pretty well guaranteed that he did not buy bourbon barrels. Yeah, yeah bourbon barrels. Bourbon. bourbon barrels. Are, what are you saying? Is he cheap? No, no he's no. got all his stuff there, and he's got his thing that he's doing, and it's yeah, it's working, well, man. Bourbon barrels will usually impart more of a bourbon character than yeah. this. A lot more spirit. Yeah, I would and, say uh, this is a very delicate balance between the stout and the bourbon. Yeah, the bourbon's the bourbon's way. In. <laughs> no, no, I, I, no. You can use different words to like it. I I think the bourbon is 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 way in the background. Yeah, and so you know, when you start listing all the things. That's like number five or four on the list. You know, it's, it's down there, which is yeah. fine with me. 
I just I think the mouth feels creamy. It's uh, yeah, it's like chocolate and ro- a little roast, a little vanilla. Mm-hmm. It's like the elements yeah. of bourbon. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, I think it's delicious. So with things like this, a lot of people tend to take a bottle or a can and like sit it for a year or put it in a cellar for a little sure. more or whatever. I mean, uh, Marty Natural is uh, has been delving into his cellar of beers and bringing out stuff that he has been tasting that has been like 5, mm. 10, 15 years old. This one doesn't and need to be cellared really, I don't think. Say that again? I don't think it really needs to be cellared, this one. No. I um, I, I would be in. So, no. you know, you and I kind of have looked at this and said, okay, uh, you know, I'll take a bottle of beer and keep it for a year. And then I'll drink it. Not, well, not longer than that. Well, And I'd be interested to see how this would be after a year. I don't know that it's going to change it too much. It might make it a little more it, deep. It well, I mean, sometimes what happens is you'll get oxidation, which will give you more dark, fruity flavors, which is nice. Or sometimes you get a, like a Russian Imperial Stout that's too hoppy. And so after a year of, of aging, the, the hops die down. This one's not hoppy at all, of course. But um, those are things that can happen with aging. Um, yeah, I mean, dark, more dark fruit character is nice. On the other hand, I've got four fingers and a thumb. Well, if if I've got a few bottles of these, I don't think it's going to they're not going to last a year unless I hide it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, like, I I would just like to thank Anna for uh providing us with this opportunity to taste this beer. I want to encourage everybody to spend Father's Day down in Georgetown if you can take that 3-hour drive, it's well worth it. This is a fantastic beer. I think you're only going to be able to get it down there at the uh, Big Thorn Farm and Brewery. Yeah. Um, this, this, you know what's great about this beer, uh, just as I drink more of it, is that... Um, and you will drink more of it. I will, but it's not too far in any direction. You know, when you drink stouts, you get a, sometimes you get a big hit of bourbon or a big hit of this or a big hit of whatever. This is very, I want to say restrained. I don't know if that's the word I'd use. But it's uh, it's a little conservative in in, in 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 the style itself, and it's well very well balanced right now. And, and I I wouldn't bother aging it. I would just you know, I mean, give it a good suck down. I would right just drink now. it. You know. Yeah, that's it. There we go. All right. Well, thank you very much, guys, for coming and sitting on my deck. I know Ken, you've got to rush off and school those guys in beer. Yep. More um, fun, more beer fun. Yeah, this is beautiful yeah. though, Phil. It's gorgeous out here. You got these. Yeah, you did a awesome nice job back here. Big Thorn Farm beers you're sharing. Yeah, Big great. Thorn Farm is not a mistake. Go down there and check it out, and mm-hmm. maybe figure out lodging down there and transportation because they're <laughs> yeah. they're like the last farm at the end of the lane. <laughs> uh, if you got a tent, maybe you can ask Anna or if you can pitch it. Is that what she did? She did did you stay? Did you find lodging or a hotel? Again? Did you find some friends or a hotel or something or what? No, no, we drove back. Yeah, really? <laughs> yes, I yeah, did all the driver. driving that day. Oh, you did? Uh, yeah, I did. Nice, but that was okay because we went rough. to. Oh, by the way, Kickapoo State Park is right close by, about uh, twenty minutes away. Fantastic if you like um, 
tubing on a slow-moving river, then the Vermilion River is for you. All right. It's pretty. All the rivers are pretty low. Um, but um, I thought you were at Kankakee State Park. No, no, we were at Kickapoo oh. State Park. So I'm headed off now. Um, this will be the last uh, podcast that we're going to do for... Uh, a lot of people are clapping. I hear that. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, this will be the last podcast we're going to do for um, until probably mid-July. I'm off on vacation. I'm headed to Sedona. And I'm hoping to uh, go and see some of the folks down there at Sedona Brewing Company. Camp Verde Brewing Company. And then uh, maybe Oak Creek. Oak Creek's been around for a long time. They've, they've kind of been the first brewery in the Sedona area. Um, and they do good beers. They all do good beers. Don't they? Oh, we'll Creek's, find out. Oak Creek's a brew pub, right? Oak Creek is a brew pub. I've been I there. think they're all pretty much brew pubs. There. I've been there. It's beautiful. I'm going to go and get my ley lines sorted out. I'm going to be getting all that energy. You know. Excellent. In the so, mountains, right? So you're not in the heat of the uh, yeah. Arizona we're going to be staying desert. in Rimrock, which is a uh, mm-hmm. area that's by Beaver Creek. Excellent. So you know, we're going to have a little beaver. Action. Hey, you got some beaver. Uh, yeah, some beaver action. I've been hard on the beaver. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> um, can we lean into me? Can you come over here, Chuck? I want to hang on. I want to get that. Get it on. Okay. It's good night from me. And good night from him. And good night from. Oh, her. wait a minute. Chuck takes a good night from him. What are you going to do, Ken? Good night from her. There you go. That's good night from me. Good night from him. And good night from her. Oh, oh all together. Should we do that again? Oh, I love that little triple, a triple clink. I oh. love that. <laughs> Wasn't that in Hogan's Heroes? Clink. Colonel Clink. Yes, Colonel. Yeah, he was, yeah. Colonel Clink owned his own uniform in there. He was very into the... Hogan died nastily, didn't he? He got shot. Oh, that's what I Really? Bob Crane got shot. Yeah. Mm. Girlfriend okay. issue or mm. something. Oh, ending, ending this on a positive note, I see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, John boy. <laughs> Britain Yankee! Britain Yankee! I'll have a pint, Yankee! Go, give us a pint. You got any techniques? Uh, a pint, please, Bob. Give me another pint, please, Bob.